Hi, this is Mark Wade, writer of Daredevil, and you're listening to Longbox Heroes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 509 of Longbox Heroes, the Lamborghini of comic book podcasts. Joe and Todd here. Todd, how you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, Joe. That's good to hear. We're uh, in the shank of the summer. We're officially six months into 2020. Starting Mm -hmm. the next six months of 2020. One could only assume they'll get better than the last three months. Can only go up from here. Right. I don't want to say they can't possibly go down, can they? Oh, hold I on! Click off all of my social media. That's right. Let me. This is. I know you don't like when I do it, but that's me knocking on wood, Joe. Oh, I thought that was me typing at your house for some reason. Oh well, it does sound like that with your ham-fisted typing fingers. Yes. Uh, but there is comic book stuff to talk about, of course. Uh, we have the passing of a graphic arts legend. No, our friend DJ from Wednesday Night Wars is okay. <laughs> Thank God. But we're going to rank some of his most iconic work. Um, Todd wants to talk about this Harley Quinn thing, and I'm not really sure why, but we'll get into it, I guess. Mm-hmm. He's a big games radar guy. <laughs> I am. Uh, I love playing uh, board games with uh, the corporal from MASH. And who is behind Boom Studios' latest secretist project? And my speculation will surprise you. Ooh, clickbait. Love it. Yes, indeed. I'm not shaking with anger over it, but we'll get there. (laughs) Uh, We're going to discuss what we read from this past week, which includes Immortal Hulk number 34 and That Texas Blood number one. What we're looking forward to coming out this week, Todd's Art Attack the return of the mailbag and discussion of the latest episode of the Stargirl television program. Mm -hmm. As I say all of that in my promo voice. And it sounds silky, Joe, so you're okay. I can't say anything more after that. (laughs) So, I at first, uh, when looking at our first news item, I did not think anything of it because, of course... The initial headlines in real media said, Milton Glazier, creator of the iHeart New York logo, passes away. But when you dig deeper into the filth that is the comic book news industry, (laughs) he also designed all of DC's logos as well. No, just the one. Now, the the article says logos, plural. I think he did logos. The only one that he he did was the 74. That they credit him for is the 76 one. The bullet. That it's uh-huh. called. That's the one that get, gets the name. In all the articles that I saw. You know, but I could be wrong. So. I don't think he made as much off of that as I Heart New York. No, I think he made bank on I Heart New York. In the article Heart- that, the article Todd sent me about this uh, said that with his licensing deal in the year 2010, he made $1.8 million off the marketing end of his creation of that logo in 2010. 
just 2010, right? Yeah, I'm sure he had a couple other decent years in between there. Right, I heart ba- bank truck right there, Joe. Yes. So Todd wanted us to discuss, of course, the DC logos as well. And there's been several over the last many, many years going back to the 40s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, how are we supposed to rank these from all of them being terrible and the only like two that are good or... I have, I don't know how you did it. I can do it any way you wanted because I did what the kids call show prep and wrote down the, the years in order, what ones I like. So we could do it any way you like. We could do top three. We could do them all. We could do, you know, favorite and the worst, whatever you dig. Well, you showed your hand online and said that the worst one was the, uh, 2012 DC peel logo. That is hands down the dirt worst of the DC logos. That's that's hot garbage right there. I disagree. Really? Yeah. So does that logo work for comics? Absolutely not. Does that work as their branding in front of TV shows or movies or whatever it is? Yes, because it needs that little touch of the animation, right? Right, but the 2005 one also has that circle swirl with the star that works great, you know, in animation when they when they do like the the orbit and then it stops when they used to do that. But it also works great on the comic. So like you have to rem- I, like, I love the 2005 one, but it's not my favorite. Mm-hmm. The 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 1976, uh, the one designed by Milton Glaser is the number one DC logo. Which is literally the one they call the DC Bullet. That's yeah. the other ones are all just variations on the similar theme. Like the first ones are like the same font, and maybe we'll throw Superman's name in there. Maybe we'll make Superman's name red. You know, um, the red DC one from '72 is interesting, but it's basically the 2016 blue one with yeah. the DC a little bit bigger in the circle than the '72 one. Yeah, so I don't hate the current one. I don't hate the 72 one. They were trying for something. Um, The one where it's just DC Superman and Superman is there reminds me of, was it like a month in the 80s where they tried to like rebrand themselves as Superman comics as opposed to DC comics? That's when they were doing those like weird like uh, variant covers to stuff to try stuff out. I remember there was like a Justice League International one. I'm trying to remember if it was issue three or whatever. Had a different logo. And they were in different parts of the country that they were trying them out. There was like a firestorm and everything like that. But uh, did you get the thing that I sent you about the 1971? No. No. Email. Okay, I sent an email on on the batch of that we sent because that Superman one isn't just there, and because it, it was like, oh, I sent the thing that said like, oh, for context, the reason I love the 1971 is it wasn't just DC Superman, it was 1970 was DC, and then whatever book they were doing that oh. would be flash in the circle and then it would be flash written next to dc unless it was like a uh, at the time they were doing ba- uh, green lantern green arrow so there was like a circle with on on in two spots on the book where it said green lantern a picture of green lantern's head and a picture of green arrow's head and then like dc green arrow dc green lantern so they were custom to each book and then even on something like house of secrets because that was an anthology book it was done in the circle was a a weird bat 
font and then it said DC House of Secrets. So they were all custom. So to me, that after the DC bullet becomes the one I like the most because it's different in each comic. It gave like a little touch of uniqueness to each of the comics. I still like the star as my second favorite. I think the star is flashy. I think the star one looks cool. The one from 2005. I even bought a shirt with that on that. And I wish mm-hmm. I could like buy that shirt again. Cause I really liked it. Right. Um, I would buy a shirt that just had the, 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 the DC bullet logo on it, you know, like why does DC not market their stuff better in that capacity? I'm going to guess with, well, not them. I could see that being licensed out. You know what I mean? It's the same way DC itself will not sell you the, like from their own designs, the flash without all the, like, you know, the crazy line work on the costume that they've added in the last five or six years, like trying to find like a, uh, a Jose Luis Garcia Lopez flash that they use for a hundred years. Those are all on like license out, like to different companies. Like you could find those in Walmart from some like Joe, you know, blow, uh, company, but DC's like, we're only promoting our now, now. You know, that's what it seems like to me. So you're only going to get that that 2000, you know, 16 bullet logo shirt if you want. Let me look to see if I can find something on eBay. I know this is usually saved for the Patreon shows, but. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. And I kind of have an affinity for that uh, of the of all the ones that look generic, like the 40, the 41, the 49 and the 74. The 74 one really pops with uh, the line of DC superheroes, DC comics, and it's the, the red and the blue. I really like that one, too. But by far, 76 is I like I almost would get a tattoo of that on my arm. That is so beautiful. So. Oh, OK. So, you know what I'm finding, Todd? What are you finding, Joe? Okay. So uh, there is the new logo, uh, the 2016 one, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's that logo. The, you know, if you're looking at the logo, if you just like look up DC's logo currently, it's blue and white currently, right? Mm -hmm. The white on these shirts is black. The blue is an image of one of their characters underneath it. Okay. There's several shirts that I've found like that. There's a Batman, a Wonder Woman, a Superman, a so-ons. Right. But nothing with just that logo as is. Mm-hmm. So they're doing something with it. Right, but that's the most modern one, and they're going to promote that. Yeah. Like I said, maybe you'll find on like Entertainment Earth or one of those like weird sites that that has other vintage stuff the DC Bolt logo from '76. But I don't know. Yeah. That's the way I look at it, anyway. Let me spell bullet right. Hang on. find any shirts no your your search algorithm is bad i don't want washington bullets retro basketball team shirts ebay come on oh see i'm 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 looking it up Uh, dc comics logo bullet Mm -hmm. and see what i get there dc shirt i'll put in shirt because you like shirts joe i do um no i don't see 
I don't see. I'm telling you, like they're they're leaving a pile of money on the table, Joe. I mean, I grant you could probably get like an Etsy one or something like that. Yeah, yeah, like some some person running a scam, you know? Right, an opportunity, the DC Bullet logo Etsy opportunity. Joe. Yeah, my apologies, an opportunity. That's right. Don't you be besmirching Etsy. Not a sponsor, by the way. No, absolutely not. Um, so there's that. That's done. We're moving on. Hey, what's up with this Harley Quinn thing? Um, it is a new digital first book with ran- like an anthology. So there's random creators doing it. But it will only be in black and white. And then hints of red, because that's like the three primary colors that they use for Harley Quinn. And then it'll be like, oh, like uh, Bruce, not Bruce, Tim, uh, Paul Dini's going to write a story. And then I don't know how to pronounce that guy's name who did the most recent Black Label Harley Quinn book with the beautiful art that I liked. Um, okay. Um, Sedgwick or something? Yes. I don't want to butcher it. But like he's going to do a brand new story that's going to be a sequel to all that. But it's all digital first. And when asked DC, like, oh, or is this ever going to see print? Like DC's like just no selling it. Like we're not like, hey, there's a dig-, like they'll talk about it as a digital first book. And um, our one good friend that you always want to rob his house, he's like, oh, I'm, I really want this book. And I'm like, relax. I hear through the grapevine, DC Comics likes money, so they'll probably <laughs> put out a print version of this. So, yeah. um, and they are. But, right. At the time I was like, I found that article. I hadn't seen anything. There was no mention of the print. Now they did say? Yeah. Okay. Um, editor Andy Corey clarified for those asking, yes, there will be a collected edition in print. Uh, Digital First offers a weekly rate of release, which isn't likely in print with 10-page products every Friday. Um, 99 cents, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, he uh, tw- the uh, the editor tweeted out that there will be a collected edition. Okay, so I wasn't up to date on that. But I'm actually, I'm kind of interested in this. I like the idea. It's kind of uh, like a tweak on the old Batman black and white book. Yeah, and DC actually did this a lot more often. Like, I know Marvel does, but it's weird. Like, the Marvel stuff, I just feel Marvel didn't promote as well as DC did. Mm -hmm. Whereas DC had maybe, like, two or three or even four concurrent, like, weekly series is going on at 99 cents a clip. And I think that was a better price point for a lot of folks to get involved with a book like this. And I think a lot of it is just that Marvel doesn't do as good as a job as promoting their DC stuff or, or their, their digital first stuff or their, you know, things like this, putting a big name character like a Harley Quinn or a big name creator as, you know, Stefan Sedgwick or Paul Dini or whomever else. I think Jimmy and Amanda have said that they have something in this as well. Right, there are big names, but like I said, I'm leaning more towards. Remember the old print, black and Batman, black and white. It was yeah, called. Yeah, of course, it was like an anthology, like that came out quarterly, maybe. Yeah, for a while there was like I think it was actually a mini series. Okay, and then maybe it was a quarterly, whatever. But I think this is what they're hearkening back to, and you know, like you can't do that with every character, but a character that's got some cachet, which is Batman and or Harley Quinn or like Joker stuff like that. Um, and the thing that people forget is all those like there was a slew of Batman black and white statues. 
And I think like, and some of them were in like noir style and doing different things. And then you have like uh, different artists doing their own take on it. So I think they're like that kind of caught the eye of comic, uh, you know, people. So maybe this Harley Quinn with the black and white and the twinge of red, we can, we can catch lightning in a bottle a second time. And I really think that's what drove this decision to do this book. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I know a lot of people have speculated that like Harley Quinn is going to die or they're going to like relaunch it or whatever it is. But I think this works better. I, and I do not doubt that there will be because uh, 75 is going to be the last Harley Quinn of this run. They said, I do not doubt that they will have concurrent running books of like the digital. And even when they put it out in collected format and there's no way they won't have another Harley Quinn book on the stand monthly by whatever creator, maybe Jimmy Palmiotti and, you know, and Amanda Connor are done, done with the monthly book. Cause they had other people doing it, but there's no way that they're not going to have a monthly Harley Quinn book. There's just too much, like we said, money to be left behind. And I heard again, DC likes their money. Uh -huh. Absolutely. I have, I have a source, Joe. <laughs> so uh, last but not least, there is another big uh, creator owned uh, mystery book coming from Boom. Now, over the last couple months, Boom has been able to lure some of the bigger name on the rise creators, your Tom Taylors, your Al Ewings, and uh, James Tinney IV to do creator-owned stuff with them. Um, They're going to do a big announcement, obviously, with no conventions has kind of put a halt on that. Uh, the book is coming out in October... And they claim that it's going to be written by one of the biggest names in entertainment. Okay. Now, they didn't just say comics, and they didn't say sports and entertainment. So it's not Vince McMahon, who was my original thought process. I'm thinking it's Phil from Chicago. <sighs> no, no. Again, he hasn't entertained anyone in a while. <laughs> um, so here's my joke thought process on this. Okay. Um. I think it's going to be a new book by J.J. Abrams' kid. Okay. Get him away from doing the Spider-Man book that's never going to come out anyway. Mm -hmm. That they're just going to let him write like some sort of fluff thing that they can kind of stretch out into four things and just say, we stole J.J. Abrams' kid away. That's right. You're never going to finish your magnum opus of Spider-Man. You get four issues out because they just solicited the fourth one. But he's not getting that fifth one. He's coming over to J.J. Abrams' son, Space Cabbie. is the new big hit, Joe. Um, but I, I and like there's a lot of other things, of course. Like we'll know what this is because obviously no conventions that this is going to be in the October previews, which we will have in our hands in like three weeks. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure it'll get leaked out before then. Oh, definitely. Um, right. Any ideas on who this could be? Mm, you know what? I actually don't like an entertainer. <sighs> Maybe it is. Does uh, Kevin Smith have any books he has to finish at DC? Just Marvel. So it's not him. Um, I, I have no idea. I'm thinking it's going to be someone who's big in like podcasting or something. Like, Ooh. not a Joe Rogan, but, like, close to a Joe Rogan? 
maybe it's going to be who's how do you say his name? Mark Marin. That is exactly how you say his name. I was going to say Mark Marone. You know what I mean? He's kind of on the downturn, but I'm just trying to think of who it could be. Like the the biggest name and a big name in entertainment. You know. Right, and you this could think, be all. This all could be a ruse, you know what I mean? And it could end up being Phil from Chicago, and we'll all be disappointed. Oh no! I he's going to continue a streak of writing comics, just like in the MMA. That certainly was a streak, if you will. Right. I I don't know. I'm not. I don't have my finger on the pulse of entertainment in this day and age the way you do, Joe. I know. I, when we were talking about this before the show. I had to explain to Todd that it can't be Jackie Gleason because he's been dead for dozens of years. <laughs> he's alive in my heart as uh, Buford T. Justice, the greatest actor in Smokey and the Bandit 3. They did find a bunch of his old recordings, and they are turning that into a radio drama. So maybe that is how they're going to take the radio drama and make that into a comic book? I don't know. It could be. It could be. There's a, there's a lot of canceled language that they got to take out of those private recordings. But once they do, they got mm-hmm. gold in them, their tapes, Todd. That's right. That's right. And that'd be the only time that I'd forgive an audio podcast or even a video podcast coming through only one speaker. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's like I say, like listening to uh, music on vinyl. It's the way you want it. One channel. Yes. You don't want to be interrupted by listening with you. You don't want to be distracted by using both of your ears to listen. <laughs> That's right. That way I could listen if anybody's sneaking in my house to kill me. I have that other ear free, Joe. But I, I only bring this up because this is just kind of boom making these big moves lately. Um, they are making an active push to become a bigger player in the comic industry. Well, we know there are. Are they bigger than the tenth biggest? Comic company? Probably yes. Okay. Because doesn't Boom have stuff like literally on like uh, store shelves, like you know the the impulse buys? It wasn't there like Boom stuff there, you know, next to the Archie digests, as you, next to the gum as you're checking out at uh you know your local supermarket. I don't think so. See, I thought um, Boom had a deal for that with Boom Kids and stuff like that for a little while. Okay, so this was a while ago, and I think whatever properties they may have had got scooped up by Marvel. Now, because I'm getting it all, uh, you know, blurred into my head because I haven't read, like, you know, previews in a while until, like, the last week. But did Boom have any of the Star Wars stuff licenses, or was that IDW? IDW. Okay, then that's definitely some of the stuff that I saw on the racks. It was, like, uh, Star Wars Digests and stuff like that. Yeah. Right, because that's when you were saying on the shelves, I'm like, that's got to be because IDW also is printing the like Marvel all ages stuff, you know? Yes, and I've seen that too. So definitely IDW is way up there because they're in the front of the previews and uh, they have, you know, they, they have the Doctor Who license for a while. So that makes you huge, Joe. Mm, that's know? not so great. Th- that's why Titans, uh, you know, coming coming at, you know, number one with a bullet. Yeah, you think they're number one? I don't think they're in the top 20, but anyway. But I do know that Boom does have a bunch of licenses stuff. They have, like, the non-Muppet Jim Henson stuff. They have, like, Buffy and all related things, which they took from Dark Horse. They Mm -hmm. did recently lose Bill and Ted, which Dark Horse now has. Um, They have a lot of Cartoon Network stuff, like Adventure Time and Ben 10 and stuff like that. But they don't have Rick and Morty. 
Rick and Morty is over at Oni Press. So it'll be interesting to see, like, what they have move into their purview and, like, who they have. Like, I wonder if it's going to be someone who owns a property like that that they get to do a book. Right, right. I know what you're saying. Oh, you know what? I say this, and I say this half in jest and half in seriousness. I know DC did a thing recently where they had a whole bunch of artists do, like, one sheets for a bunch of the different AEW wrestlers. What if, Todd, they somehow got Chris Jericho as, like, their person to do a book? What if they got uh, Orange Julius to do it? Todd. Knowing knowing OC the way that I do, I think <laughs> he ain't re- well. I, I'll say this: he he does have one of my preacher trades. <laughs> I, I think he does have um my first because uh, I this was this was around the time actually, and this is <laughs> go with it because I got something to say when you're done. He's he's the one who got me to stop doing it because for the longest time. I would always be walking around at shows with a spare copy of Walking Dead. Remember when the first trade of Walking Dead was like not regular price, it was a lower price? Right, it was literally $9.99. It was $9.99, so it always happened on me. I start talking about comic books, and this is like before the TV show, the comic book is super popular, TV show maybe was announced or was about to be announced. So I would just give people <laughs> that trade. I'm like, here, read this, you'll love it. When do you want it back? I don't. It's yours. If you don't want it, give it to someone else. Don't give it back to me, right? Pay it forward. Right. So then I would just go and I would buy another copy when they were in stock, and then I would walk around with that. (laughs) So if you remember, Todd, many moons ago, you and I were really high on Secret Six. Oh, yes. So I went and I bought a trade of the first Secret Six, and I let Orange Cassidy borrow it. Mm Mm-hmm. And I never got it back. So and I thought it said... wasn't a price to move nine ninety nine trade. And those went out of print and went up in money, Joe. <laughs> so that's why I stopped doing it. I thought you said preacher though. That's what you said. No, he does have a preacher too. I gave him one of each. All right, and that's what I want to talk about because right. I'm just gonna say I think Orange Cassidy, you know, patterned his whole style after you gave him that trade because his name is Cassidy, like the like the vampire. He wears right. sunglasses all the time. He oh. has the jean jacket. Orange Cassidy is just swiped his whole personality from Cassidy. When Cassidy's, you know, high on certain stuff and he's all like mellow and stuff. That's what I always thought when I first saw him years ago and saw, saw him at the local dirt mall, whatever that we saw him wrestle at. I was like, is he Cassidy from Preacher? Is that like what is happening here? And you were like, no, no, no. You were explaining like the how cool he is and everything. I was like, okay, I'm just getting a Cassidy vibe from Preacher. And then you tell me you gave him a, a, a Preacher trade all those years ago i call shenanigans that's all i'm gonna say and i'm gonna stop there i will say he was already orange cassidy at that point mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. he got it right i'll believe that when i see it i think that's some kayfabe right there but anyway i'm done all right so hey because it's fourth of july weekend there are no conventions but i think conventions start back in full swing even though a good chunk of the overseas conventions have all been either postponed to october or canceled outright not the 
you know, bad canceled, but like canceled, like we'll see you next year. Post as, opposed, as opposed to we'll wait till the heat dies down and eventually be back canceled. Right. Uh, but over in the show notes, the links, of course, you can check out our local store uh, who still does a very brisk mail order business, even though they are back open for regular customers and me, an irregular customer. <laughs> um, it was nice to be back in the shop and talk to Dave and the rest when I saw them. Mm hmm. Special shout out to uh, Matt, uh, the mad bassist, a.k.a. the new dad. Yes. When he listens to this episode of the podcast in six months, he'll remember this. That's right. He'll remember what life was like before he had a small baby yelling at him all the time. That's right. Make sure he does. The baby doesn't cry during my best jokes, Joe. (laughs) So the baby can cry whenever it wants. That's pretty much what can happen. Uh, but yeah, if you don't have a comic book store near you, and maybe that might come up in the mailbag a little bit later on, mm-hmm. um, that you may need to fill some things on your pull list, you can check out our local store, because by helping them, you're helping yourself and you're indirectly helping us. And that's yes. always a good thing. Yes, and uh, check out our friend Becky's Instagram, uh, where she puts up all of her art that she does. I don't think she's uh, put anything new up lately or if she has she hasn't uh no publicized it no usually a lot of times because they're for gifts she waits till people get them and stuff like that and then she'll put them up because i know the one she put up of mine she didn't want to put up in case i would see it and be like oh winona Ryder is deaf i wonder who she's drawing that for i see that her most recent one is a doctor who haunted mansion mary poppins mashup I'm I'm down with one out of three things on that. Right. But uh, Becky does really good art. Uh, check her out if you want to uh, have a commission or something. I don't know. Yes. Uh, there's a bunch of digital stuff on sale. Um, every company is trying to get uh, people buying comics again. Marvel has Avengers sale. Then they have a separate Iron Man massive golden Avengers sale. <laughs> then they have a separate Fear Itself sale. Uh, Dark Horse is having sales on both Umbrella Academy and Stranger Thing-related stuff. Uh, Dynamite's Crime Noir sale, Abstract Studios' Strange in Paradise sale are still on course, I think, until the end of July. And DC's weekly sale is the old-school sale, Todd. Ooh. Because they're old fools, and they're so cool, and if they want to get down, they're going to show you the way. Whoop, there it is. And uh, as the logo akins back to a 40s Batman style, um, I don't know, I'm seeing, like, this sale should just be all pre-crisis stuff, and it ain't. It ain't, Todd. Well, what's... (sighs) There's a lot of old stuff in here, like old action comics, old Batman, old DC Comics Presents. There's a lot of stuff like that. But then there's, like, more recent collections that ape an older style, if you will. Right. Like, listen, we live in a world where Legion 89 is old school. That was many years ago, Joe. Yeah, it should it should be pre-crisis, and that's it. Yeah, because isn't Legion 89 30 years ago almost? 20, 20, 21, right? I don't do and, math well. And, and I'll say this, Todd: if you want to, 
you know how I get mad on like the numbering conventions where they'll have something it'll be like issue it'll be like uh, we're going to put this entire run of a book in here right mm-hmm. here's issue 1 here's issue 10, 11, 12 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19 here's issue 2 Here's issue 21, 22, 23, 24, because it's going by that first number and you have to like digitally code it behind the scenes as like a zero one, zero two, so they're actually in the correct numerical order. Right. Not only do they do that with Suicide Squad, because they have the first eleven issues, because for some reason they're just like, Yeah, we don't have issue one. So if you want issues two to twelve of Suicide Squad, they're included in this sale. You know what? They probably don't code them that way because they didn't p- pay for the upgrade on the app. Show. Oh goodness! <laughs> it makes me so mad. <laughs> me too. Oh. Let me see. Is this gonna work? I don't think. I'm it's just. Work. I'm just sit here being angry at you being angry. I hope no one's enjoying me being angry. Now, and see, that's the. Th- oh, you know what? Okay, so here's why. Okay. And this is such a stupid reason, because Suicide Squad number one is one of those perennial, like nine ninety, like ninety nine cent books, right? And so it's not on sale, but if you're putting like the first twelve issues of Suicide Squad on sale, like I don't know, throw issue one in there. You might need it. Ah, it's a pretty good book. It's a really good book. And like somebody will, and somebody like somebody will look at that sale and see like, oh, I've heard good things about Suicide Squad. There was a movie about it, right? I enjoyed the movie. Let me get these books since they're on. Oh, it's only issues twelve through uh, two through twelve. Like, why is no, there no number one? I'm not buying this. Oh, especially with that movie coming out by Jimmy Pistol, the sequel to the first one. You know. <laughs> I'm excited for that Jimmy Pistol movie. I'm looking forward to it, too. I'm a big Jimmy Pistol fan. Who doesn't love Jimmy Pistol, Joe? He came back from being canceled. Well, we got, you know, we both have Guardians of the Galaxy and Suicide Squad. When when he makes Suicide Squad the biggest DC movie ever. (laughs) Oh, my God. And then he gets to do the DC Cinematic Universe. Oh, the Jimmy, the Jimmy pistol cut for all the movies. Oh boy. So that, and a bunch of sales, of course, or a bunch of freebies, nothing new on the freebie front. Um, that, uh, run of Scooby-Doo team up is still in there. So, you know, that's. That's good stuff. So check that out. You know, I'm. A, you know, there's fun stories in there. I've, everyone I've read, I've enjoyed. I'll tell you that much. So let's uh, get into what we read from this past week. Where would you like to begin? Um, I, you know what? I'm going to start with that Texas Blood, um, which was the book I was looking forward to most, written by Chris Condone and art by Jacob Phillips. Um, basically, as I said last week, uh, it's a story about this uh, sheriff in a small town in Texas who's recently turned 70 and he's contemplating his life. And through a series of events, he's, you know, meeting the people in the, in the town and his wife says, oh, for your special birthday dinner, I want you to go pick up the casserole dish because I'm making you something special. And he goes and there's 
the people who have the dish or he's the guy's notorious for being a, you know, a problem in the town. So he sees a little bit of problem there goes off. He sees the convenience store workers, a whole bunch of stuff. But in the end, you know, the story has a, uh, with the casserole dish gets reconciled and how it is, 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 is a bit interesting. This is a very, um, paint, paint by numbers story. And it's almost criminal light. The book, um, because obviously they're not saying it, but Jacob Phillips is the colorist for a lot of Sean Phillips' stuff. I believe he's uh, his son or related to him somehow. So it has that look of a criminal book. And then it's a book about a cop who's, you know, patrolling this town. And so it has a criminal feel. And I think that's its biggest deterrent is I like this story, but because it reminded me of criminal, it didn't get over the bar that criminal has like it's so high so like you're you're hurting yourself by looking and feeling like criminal because you're never gonna meet that you know that be that good so i enjoyed it and it was a one-shot kind of story i think that story is over and there's going to be more so i'm willing to give it a chance but i think it kind of shot itself in the foot by looking and being what it was with the with the certain names on the book if that makes any sense joe it does. Um, so there's a part in this book where, and again, bear with me one second. So I enjoyed this too. Um, it was fine. And I think you saying this is criminal light. I don't know if it does the book a disservice, but you know, it is what it is. I, I couldn't put it the right way. It gives you certain expectations, the book looking and feeling like it is. That's what the words I was trying to get with, but go ahead. Right. And obviously the artist on this book is the guy who does the colors on criminals so there's going to be allegories there in jacob phillips now forgive me what is jacob phillips's relation to sean phillips i'm pretty sure it's his son okay so but i'm not 100 percent sure on that i know he's related that's what uh, you know right so he's related of course but i say it's like oh we didn't get jim belushi to be in this movie we got john belushi you know okay I think you flipped that, Joe. But you get what I'm saying. Right. So there's a part in the middle that strikes me as weird where the cop, the main character of the story, is kind of having a flashback around a fire. Yep. He's To me, he's having a nightmare. That's okay, so he's having sleep. a nightmare, right? Mm-hmm. So may. I think this book would have done a little bit more service to itself without that scene. Unless there's a huge payoff to that scene down the line, which there very well, there may very well be. Right. That being said, I thought that kind of detracted from the story that was going on. Mm -hmm. It kind of added maybe a new wrinkle that the story itself didn't need because we're establishing so much about this character, his relationship with his wife, his relationship with the people in the town. And then there's this weird dream sequence that pops up and it's just kind of like out of nowhere. And like I said, maybe there's a huge payoff to it and I'm going to come back and eat my John Cena hat over this. But I liked it. I really like the colors of the book, especially mm -hmm. like that last sequence as the sun goes down. Yep. I thought that was beautifully done. And this is a book I'll be interested to read again, you know? 
Yep, I'm giving it, you know, more of a chance. Like I said, I was a little let down because of the expectations. But the whole scene that you're talking about with him having the nightmare, which is he's having during a nap during the day. So I don't know if you can call it a nightmare. He's having a bad dream, let's say. So my take on that is, like, I I, I liked that scene when I figured out it was. But at, it confused me in the moment because I was like, is this book taking a supernatural swerve? Like, right, and that was kind of what threw me in as well, you know. Right. But in the end, as I'm as I'm realizing what it is, if you go back to the front of the book, there's all those things where he's describing his life, and you see all those uh, newspaper clippings, and it's describing, it's giving you hints and glimpses of what that dream is about. And then I was like, oh, okay, they're just giving me backstory, but giving me backstory in a dream unless, and then I'll have to eat your John Cena hat is maybe this book is going to have a supernatural swerve down the line. I don't know, but I enjoyed it enough to give it a a second go because it does have that, you know, no country for old men kind of a feel. So I am. I'm. I'm looking forward to seeing if he can build. They can build the world a little bigger in this book. Right, and and maybe they will, and maybe I'll love that world. But I think with the smallness of Paris, Texas, I think we got a lot out of it. You know. Right. I think there's always more eccentric characters to pop up in Texas, Joe, because mm-hmm. they make eccentric uh, eccentric people bigger in Texas. Hmm. We shall see. I did like it, though. It wasn't like it didn't knock my socks off. Right. But, uh, you know, if I don't have criminal and (laughs) I don't know when pulp is coming out and they keep advertising that it is still coming out, but I just don't know when. Right. I'm looking forward to that. They had the the little preview of that in the back. And I was like, Uh okay, this should be fun. Right. And I saw that up. I'm like, I can't read any of this. I have to wait, you know. Right, I just looked at it like for the, like the coloring and stuff, and it looked like it was colored a little different in spots, like uh, like Jacob Phillips was busy or something. <laughs> so the other book uh, that we both read as well was Immortal Hulk number thirty four. Lo, have I missed you, Al Ewing, and uh, hey, surprise penciling chores by Butch Geis, an yep. underrated eighties early nineties uh, artist. You don't yep. get to see a lot of play these days. Yep. So it was nice to see him in this. Um, so this essentially is how the leader got to this point. <laughs> and all the leader needed to do, Todd, was to believe in something. Don't we all? <laughs> I'm, I love the design of the leader. It's so gaudy and over the top and stupid. (laughs) It's like, how do we, like, the Hulk is strong, so he has big muscles. The leader is smart, so he's got a giant head. Stan, you're a genius. (laughs) I just wrote myself a pool. (laughs) But the leader I don't think has been in a Hulk book in quite some time. They tease a little bit that he was part of like some sort of like super cadre of geniuses in like, who knows, like a fourth or fifth tier book. But even when the last issue of Hulk came out and all the pieces were there. And then on that last page reveal that it was the leader posing as Rick Jones. 
they needed this issue to explain to us where the leader has been because I don't think the leader has been in a Hulk book in years. I don't know because I've been off the book, but I will say this, uh, reading this book and reading Hulk, like especially that, you know, Peter David 14 year run and other runs in there, Jason Aaron and whenever I do remember most, like a lot of these leader, uh, uh, appearances because they, I do believe Al Ewing did his homework and you know because I definitely remember the leader and Gamma Town setting off the bomb in that town and everything and that's when he had the McFarlane brain look and, and stuff like that so all that I remember and I remember when he was on the when he was on the Thunderbolts with uh, Thunderbolt Ross right wasn't that a thing I don't know so um, I'm I'm looking at it as like, yes, these are all appearances. Basically, this is not only just of how he got here. This is the whole story of the leader since he was created, as far as I'm concerned. Right. And I think this was, you know, needed because the leader has been away for so long. Um, I agree. Like, I think he was the villain in the cartoon that was on maybe like six or seven years ago. Mm hmm. And he pops up and stuff, but like nothing, quote unquote, in canon. Like nothing in the actual comic books. I I don't know because I don't read every single Marvel book. So when when the leader last showed up, uh, besides Immortal Hulk. But I do like the fact, like, because usually, you know, we not knock the book, but like, you know, when uh, Joe Bennett can't draw it, uh, that you're like, oh, okay, you know, you're just accustomed to Al Ewing and Joe Bennett doing Immortal Hulk. I don't, I didn't mind this so much because a lot of it was told in the past. So I really liked uh, Geis's art because it was basically, like we said, the history. So that was cool to get out of like, all the versions and he, he was able to handle all the different looks and everything like that. So I wasn't as, it wasn't as jarring as it would have been if this was a straight up regular, like if the actual immortal Hulk had showed up in this book. So I, I was, I was cool with that. And I'm a big uh, Jackson guys fan. So I'm, I was happy about that. So it says, according to the internet, the last time that he played any sort of, sort of prominent role, uh, as you mentioned, was in that, Thunderbolt Ross um, Thunderbolts team but he was like because everyone was red and that's why I was like thrown off I'm like why do I not remember this that was the one do you remember that was the one we didn't finish it but I know we were both reading it that was the one where everybody was on the team it was like Electra Punisher leader Red Hulk and Thunderbolt Ross brought them all in and said you're gonna work for me but every like three weeks or however, like it was every couple issues, we're going to cross something off your list. Deadpool right. was on the team. It was, it was basically Thunderbolt red. Cause everybody was wearing red at the time, except for the Punisher. And yeah. that was the book. No, he had and a then, red skull on his shirt. Yes. But also I do know for a fact, and probably your other co-host will chime in on this. The leader was a part of that whole Hydra thing. Where it was Cap Hydra, he was because they even say in this, he was like, Oh, it was evil and the, all that. And I was kind of like down with it, but they wanted to take over the world. I knew it was never going to work, but eh, I was, you know, it was interesting to see how it was going to turn out. So I do remember him being a part of uh, Hydra Cap, what, 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 Secret Empire. That was the book. Yeah, that's not even in his Wikipedia, you know? Uh, well, 
maybe they they're slacking. The Thunderbolts, the Thunderbolts stuff with him is from six years ago. So, right. like, that's the last time that the leader was in any sort of prominent role in a Hulk, in a Marvel book, let alone a Hulk book. Like, so that's the last time he was in a prominent role in a Marvel book. The last time he was in a prominent role in the Hulk book was, like, way before that, right? Right. So, but if can, can you trust Wikipedia? Sometimes there's gaps, man. I trust Wikipedia better than the organization of comicsology. I'll just say that. What? Yeah. I say go to the Marvel website. That's always top notch. <laughs> I refuse to go to the Marvel website, except I'm right. on there now to read the little link for the show, right? Okay. Um, but yeah, I like this. If the, you know, if this is how the beginning of Al Ewing's run on the Hulk ends with making the leader back to being a prominent Hulk villain, I'm all for it. Right, especially after that. What was it? Twenty five? Was that the issue I hated? Yeah, with all, like, the space stuff and... Right, right. But he was in that, and I think, like, you know, how many issues are we now? Like, you know, we're almost 10 issues away, and now every, things that Al Ewing set up in that, you know, the leader's showing up. So I do think he's going to have a huge prominent part, and the rumors are that we're only getting, like, what, like, uh, 16 more issues and a couple of specials to Al Ewing's run. I mean, obviously, we, we, we won't know if that's the end of it, but I have a feeling that's going to come close. Um, so I think the rest, the nat, the rest of the these issues are going to be Hulk versus the leader, and I'm all for it. Me too. So that's what we read from this past week. Let's get into what we're looking forward to coming out this week. If you head over to longboxheroes.com, every Tuesday, noon Eastern time, we put up the poll post, which is a link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week. Whether you get your books in print, whether you get them digitally, whether you get them sent to you uh, in the mail, or whether you wait for the collection of your favorite digital book that's being published weekly, be forewarned and be forearmed, know what's coming out every week. Uh, Todd and I attempt to guess what the other is most looking forward to coming out this week. Uh, We are tied up with 16 correct guesses each, and I'm looking at your list, Todd. And I'm going to guess... The book you're most looking forward to coming out this week is Negan Lives, number one. It is Negan Lives, number one. Okay. That is a looking forward to that book. Um, There's that paw there. All right. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm looking over yours. And is the book you're looking forward to most? Goddamn the Virgin Brides, number one. No, it's Negan Lives, number one as well. That's what I said. (laughs) It was close. It could have been a literal coin flip between those two books. Um, But I think I went with Negan Lives because, as we discussed on the show last week, that it is a local comic store exclusive only. It's not going to be digital net for now and it's not going to be collected for now (laughs) but um just i it's yes it's the return to the character from walking dead yes it's the return of walking dead and uh it's doing something nice for the local retailer so it gets a little bonus brownie points for me there right and i don't know if you're oh okay i'm glad they fixed it (laughs) what earlier today todd when I was mm. pulling up the list, you know, because, you know, as I do my due diligence and I get our email together, I put a link in so that I have the links ready to go. 
of what I think. Um, you know, I, I get the link ready to go for my book, so I can put that in the show notes. And what I think your book is going to be, and I put it in the show notes, so I have them ready to go. It's a little less work to do later. Taking my guess, kind of hedging my bets there, right? Mm-hmm. So earlier today, under if you went to Image's website and you looked at their new releases, right? Of what's coming out this week. The Negan Lives book was not actively in the list of books. It just wasn't there. But if you typed into DuckDuckGo, Image Comics Negan Lives number one, it would take you to the link off the Image website. But they didn't have the Negan Lives cover there. They had like some sort of random Cyber Force issue cover as a placeholder. And I was hoping hoping it would not have been fixed by the time that we recorded the show. Oh, but yeah, just, and I, I, I feel happy that I believe I let you know a certain book was coming out this week that you didn't know about it, or you just forgot to put it on when you sent me the show email. So this is one I thought issue two had already come out because of the weird shipping schedule on billionaire Island. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that was unfortunately one of the sacrifices of, you know, comic industry being shut down for two months of like this number one comes out. We read it. We talked about it. And then like now you got to wait three months for the next issue. And like it, you know, it's through Ahoy Comics. It's a low end publisher. And again, they're they're building up. And I completely forgot about it. Yep. I saw it. And when I got your, your email and I was like, oh, there's his books and I have to send you my my list and i was like oh okay and then when you posted the the pool post i'm like oh it's there okay yay i you know usually i'm the one missing books but not this time joe no i'm I'm still trying to get back into the swing of things it's a little bit tougher than i thought it would be i'm with you and i feel actually bad for something like billionaire's island because it comes out you know it's got that 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 mark russell you know rub to it because he was doing good with second coming and everything like that and we enjoyed it and then you know three months out of sight out of mind is not good for a small published book you know Mm -hmm. so hopefully you know we can get you know it can get back out there again and some promotion absolutely so hey while you're over at logboxheroes.com be sure to check out all the other stuff that Todd and I have done over the years, whether it be past episodes of this show, past episodes of Longbox Heroes After Dark, uh, the 2017 Smash Sensation, Todd and Joe Have Issues. You can also find our store there where you can purchase shirts or pins or stickers with our fancy logo on them. If you want even more uh, items with logos and stuff inspired by things said on this show, things said on After Dark, things said on At Odds with Wrestling, things said on Final Wrestling Place, and this is a good enough time to plug the soon-to-be-named network where you can find out all those shows, Puzzle Warriors 3, Profane Arguments, Wednesday Night Wars, and so forth, soon-to-be-namednetwork.com, soon-to-be-namednetwork.tumblr.com. You can go to over to our T Public store where uh, Mega Power listener Daniel Silverthorne let us know that they were having a sale on the masks over on the Tee Public store on Monday, and we actually had a couple sales, Todd. Oh, cool. Woohoo. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that off air. Okay. Um, so uh, be sure to check that out. Um, you know, Tee Public has sales intermittently. They were supposed to have a sale last week. They canceled. They may be having a sale sometime in the near future. I don't know. 
we'll be looking at stuff and things and whatnots. Right. Um, you could help us out though as well by signing up for our Patreon. It gives you something for as little as a dollar a month in my Sally Struthers promo voice. You get our <laughs> two bonus shows. Todd and I flipping through the previews of this month 30 years ago and the film works of the comedy legend Mel Brooks hat off to Carl Reiner who passed away today sadly at the ripe old age of 98 and he was still active and fiery just up until the day he died man that's right I just want to say director of the jerk pound for pound as we're talking about Mel Brooks I'm not sure. It's I sometimes go back and forth between The Jerk and Blazing Saddles as the two greatest comedies that have ever been made. The Jerk. Hmm. I was about to say The Jerk is more quotable today, but then I remember Navin Johnson's origin story. <laughs> yes. Huh. But he was picking out a thermos for you. An That's insulated right. thermos for you. <laughs> and he did find his special purpose. But anyway... Yes. Oh boy, the, the but the jerk and blazing saddles. Uh, I, I can't argue a better one and two as the two best comedies of all time. Those are mine. Those are literally mine. Yeah. Spoiler really alert for my list on Mel Brooks's movies. So yeah, Carl Reiner passed sadly, but you can listen to us talk about the Mel Brooks movies. Like I said, as little as a dollar a month. If you have a couple more bucks burning a hole in your digital pocket at $5 a month, you get those bonus shows before everyone else. Plus you get after dark before everyone else by like three days. So that's something that interests you. The link to our Patreon is right there on longboxheroes.com, as is the link across the top of the page for Amazon. You've never heard of Amazon until we, using our powers of advertising, directed you there. That's how this whole deal with us and them works opportunity with them and us works mm -hmm. any purchase you make through our amazon click through we get what they call an advertising fee i call the thing that makes todd happy at the end of the month when he gets his cut of the money yeah some of the notable purchases through the amazon click through this past week include uh a very smart person purchased a four pack of unisex reusable washable anti-dust protective face sponge bandana masks for men or women. Uh, please continue to wear a mask going out in public, going anywhere. I don't know. Still continue to be safe no matter where you are. Thank you. Uh, somebody also purchased a three-pack of Oreo Ritz and Honey Made Snack Cracker Family Size Variety Pack thing. Mm -hmm. Somebody also purchased two short comic... <laughs> storage boxes i did as well this past week oh uh, and did also you? the bcw magazine store folio storage boxes i didn't so know someone it. is uh storing their fancy comic book collection i didn't know attention deficit criminals the the thing had, did their own comic boxes no bcw oh okay i got confused uh somebody also purchased the following funko pops gambit Silver Surfer, Rogue, and Dark Phoenix. Nice. And the Silver Surfer one looks like a mini one of the statue that our local retailer has in his shop. That you're not supposed to touch. And I have pictures of people touching it. That's true. 
Somebody also purchased a Transformers Generations War for Cybertron Earthrise Leader Alternate Universe Optimus Prime action figure. I think this was some sort of comic book or imaginary tale where Optimus Prime was a baddie. Oh, I don't want that universe. Now, uh, comic book-wise, somebody purchased Volume 1 and Volume 2 of Donnie Cates' Venom. Hmm. Those are some good comic books. Yes, they are. So, Todd, did we have any art attacks this week? We did have art attacks this week. Um, Rebecca's Art sent in the inked version uh, all inked up from last week, which is, you know, the, the piece of the, the, the girl sitting on I'm trying to get what that is like balloons or bubbles and stuff, but I'm getting a heavy, uh, rainbow bright vibe there. And not just because of the stars streaking with rainbows. It just kind of reminds me of that look and it looks very, uh, wonderful. Um, uh, two art attacks, one from T-Bolt 712 and from me, both from the same artist. So he was saying, hey, uh, I also was able to get a sketch from Scott Shaw. He was involved in the original Muppet Baby show, which featured an Indiana Jones-themed episode. My sketch was easy, Indiana Kermit. And I like the fact that he added the picture of uh, the screenshot of Indiana Kermit swinging. Um, That's absolutely fantastic. And a little background on Scott Shaw. He ran, he was like art director and storyboard guy for four years on Muppet Babies, won four Emmys for it. He was also the storyboard and art uh, director for Camp Candy and the Adventures of Ed Grimley cartoon. Um, he's had a career. Uh, which outside of comics, which absolutely I find fascinating. would love to in- interview him at like 68 years old. But where he's known best from comics is the one that I got was I, in the mail the other day was a Captain Carrot and his amazing zoo crew uh, shot of the whole team by him who he created Captain Carrot, which is one of my all time favorite books and super teams, but because they only did the 20 issues and the like one or two miniseries, it doesn't get a lot of love, but I want figures. I want cartoons. They're leaving a lot of money on the table, not putting out Captain Carrot and his amazing zoo crew stuff. Love it. And that piece, he just, he crushed it on this piece. And I, I will say this, just like uh, Josh included, like, here's what the piece I got from Scott. And here's like it in action from the cartoon. Mm-hmm. That you included, obviously, the finished piece, but also the prelim that he had yep. sent you. I'm yep. assuming he sent you that digitally, of course, as he was working on the the piece. Yes, he emailed that to me, but he was nice enough to actually send the physical paper copy. That's not on artboard. That's like on loose, thin, like busted up paper, which I'm fine with. But I like, that's the first prelim that I've ever gotten. uh, Josh talks to me about, he's like, sometimes the artist charges you for that or or, or different stuff. But he was nice enough to throw it in. And I've never got a prelim before. So I was actually elated. You know what I mean? Right. And I love that for seeing the process in action. That's Mm -hmm. old school comic books that not a lot of people do. Like not a lot of artists still do. Right. And the thing about it is, is because he's an actual like animator and, and like a cartoonist more than a comic guy. Like it's cool to see like that almost looks like a rough 
to like a an animated cell you know what i mean like there's something about it like with all the action and just for the record i did uh, i was like okay if you're gonna do this shot for me i don't know is it extra i do need the knockoff uh of the t tower for the titans i do need the z uh, headquarters building off in the background and he was nice enough to put that in at no extra charge so i was like fantastic i got that z headquarters that i absolutely love oh i love good art joe awesome that's a good piece i like that a lot mm-hmm. you can have that when i pass away joe well come to your house and steal it i when have you a the fancy gentleman or tipsy mcstagger out on your porch you know <laughs> that's right i offered him a uh, dollar store apple teenies this week but he turned me down Um, also just for people who know um someday i'm going to have like a kill switch device on my phone that if i don't you know do the button every four hours that it's going to send out a tweet with where i've hidden the key to my house outside and that that the art is free reign whoever gets here first it's like the pancake deal whoever gets here first gets the art so be looking for that someday joe but, uh, hey, we have a mailbag question here. Yes. We have a mailbag question here from uh, McCory Pants, a.k.a. Corey Bo Davis on Twitter. Go give him a follow. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he had sent us a question uh, essentially stating that my comic shop I go to officially stopped carrying DC Comics, which is what I pretty much was reading. So now I don't know what to pick up or start reading with most most series way into a run. I feel like I'm out of luck. What would you suggest or recommend from indie to Marvel? And what other adventures, avenues would I go to to get my comics? Uh, well, um, this is the first actual interaction I've had with someone whose comic shop actually has stopped carrying DC Comics over their changeover of distribution. To me, that's just cutting your own throat, man. Yep. To 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 not sell one of the big two, and I'm gonna say this without knowing. With I'm gonna to be totally judgmental here. This is somebody having a tantrum that you're gonna give up that much business over. Now, obviously, the way it went down and in the pandemic, and and but talking to our retailer, it was a cinch to switch companies. You know what I mean? I understand that there are some problems, but in anything you're going to lose in discounts, maybe from diamond, as we discussed, how much more are you going to lose? Not selling DC comics. Right. I don't because know. Even if someone coming to your store, isn't buying a ton of books, maybe they're getting 10 books a month. And let's say they're like getting like three or four DC books and like scattered everything else. And because you're making a stand, I'm not going to carry DC books. Well, you're not losing sales on, on three books. You're now losing sales on 10 books. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, and and just to have a book like Batman, like, you know what I mean? Like one of the biggest books in the industry right now. Yeah. You're not going to, like, just just to get DC so you could sell DC uh, Batman Joker War books is going to work out for you. So to Corey, I say, if you miss your DC comics, and I completely understand that, in the show notes every week, we have a link that you can contact our local comic store, Comics on the Green, and he will happily set you up with a mail order list of getting whatever DC books your local retailer is not getting any longer. And mm-hmm. hey, maybe he might be able to get you the other books. 
as well. So you can get all your books in one place. Right. That being said, there is a lot of other stuff that's out there. Now, obviously, you didn't recommend or you didn't say what you were getting from DC. I'm going to assume Batman was at least one of the books that were in there. Mm -hmm. Um, But just off the top of my head, I think if you like Batman, you will probably like, even though they're different but same, you know, I think you would like the current Chip Zdarsky Daredevil book. I think a story arc just wrapped up and something new is starting either this month or next. Um, I'm going to guess, based on your Twitter, that you're a fan of Venom. Venom is just now starting a new story arc. If you get issue 25, that's going to kind of fill you into everything that's come before and lead you going forward into the next story arc. And luckily, with the pandemic, a lot of the stuff that just recently started from the major publishers even, you know, we lamented before about Billionaire Island having one issue come out and then three months off and now issue two is coming out and sadly many people may have forgotten about it. But, you know, um, Donnie Cates is doing uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and that's good. Al Um, Ewing's doing Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm sorry, who? Al Ewing's doing Guardians of the Galaxy. Al Ewing, my apologies. Al Ewing's doing Guardians of the Galaxy. I think that's only like three or four issues in. Um, Donnie Cates is doing the new Thor book. I think that's only like four issues in or five issues in. Right, that's literally uh, five issues in, and that this week's issue of Thor, this this Thor's the big one on my list for a Marvel book, because the pandemic slowed it down to to just get the fifth issue now. But they there was a huge revelation in Thor this month that actually blew me away, and I've been enjoying that book so much. And you only have to go back and get four or five issues because that's the tough part uh, recommending a Marvel or something like that because. Granted, there's constant number ones popping up all the time, but the stuff we really believe in has legs, so it's tough that way. But Thor, like, get get in now, get in on the ground because that's that's the book for me. Right, and I'm just and even just still looking at Marvel, you know, and whatever your thoughts may be about Nick Spencer and the waxing and waning of his uh, Spider-Man stuff, but. A new story arc is starting with the return of the Sin Eater and then in turn the return of Norman Osborn. So if you're a Spider-Man fan, that's a thing. Mm -hmm. There's a new big arc of X-Men stuff that's starting in September. So, you know, you can wait a week, uh, a month or two and hop on there. There's a new Iron Man number one coming up. Um, So there is a lot of stuff that just kind of got pushed to the side and is now coming back. I always say, like I said... New stuff, you know, like I said, I think you like Venom, based on some of the stuff from your social media. The Venom book is really good right now. If there's somebody that you were reading at DC, I'm sure they may have a project at Marvel currently. Um, But yeah, I think, you know, I think Daredevil is a good place to start. And then indie-wise, there's a lot of indie stuff that's starting, depending on what you like, because indies have everything. You know, we talked about Wind last, last week with some mixed reviews. But, you know, look at people like your James Tinians, your Ed Brubakers, your Jason Aarons, your people like that of the creator-owned stuff. And obviously, you're probably more of a print person. But the entire world of digital comics is there for everyone. And that's a quick way to get caught up on something. Like, you know, we push Immortal Hulk, but it's at issue 34. But we, you know, Joe puts, you put all those sales out there that where you can get, like, like, 
get caught up on Immortal Hulk for 16, you know what I mean? Six right. ridiculous number at that. So that's a good way to do it too. And then if you love the books, if you're a floppy collector and you're like, oh, okay. Now granted, Immortal Hulk's a little more expensive for those early issues, but say you just want to, you see a sale on Thor or something like that. And you're like, I'll get those four issues and then I'll buy five off the rack and whatever. I want to go back and get them. That's the way to do it too. You know what I mean? But a cheap way to, to dip your toe in is some of those Marvel sales. But, uh, yeah, good. Like I said, you know, and the short answer is the DC stuff, you know, is this going to be your bridge to becoming a digital comic book reader? Because the DC books are out digitally a day before, you know, I think they're out on Tuesdays, right? Uh, yes, I believe so because DC can sell on Tuesday early. Yep. But like I said, contact our retailer, tell them we sent you, you know, they'll take care of you. Right. Even though, even though we're a bunch of jokers hanging out in the shop. But, uh, and you know, that if you want DC print books, the only way now to get it is mail order. And I know for a fact that our shop packs stuff up wonderfully because I had them send stuff to somebody for me and everything. And I, I did quality control and it was, it was okay. Even though the person who boxed up the stuff is shady, the, the, the job was quality. So, Oh boy. All right. So that's it for the mailbag. Hopefully that long meandering answer answered your question there, Corey. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. And always you could send us a, a direct message to the Longbox uh, Twitter account. You could send an email to longboxheroes at g- gmail.com. You could uh, contact Todd or I ourselves directly and say, hey, this is for the mailbag of the show and we'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk it out. That's right. Even in the comment section of the the website of the show, and, and you yes. know, we get all of that. There's plenty of ways. I could delete comments that compliment Todd, and I choose not to. Just remember that. Oh, I love when I, somebody. I have that power. Uh, I'm surprised that somebody you know praising my jokes. Their comments are still on our web page. Yes, Mark for spam. Yes, <laughs> I love spam. Oh, the food. Who was talking about spam online the other day. Somebody was talking about that. It was good. And it's fine, you know. Mm-hmm. There's very few meats that are bad, you know. That so. is true. <sighs> anyway, that's enough comic book talk. We do have some TV discussion with Stargirl. Um, if you didn't watch the latest episode of Stargirl as it is airing on the CW as we record and maybe you just didn't get a chance to, or you're not a fancy DC Universe subscriber like Todd and I are, um, we bid you adieu uh, episode 509 in the books uh, we'll see you next week I can't say in the books here because that's for the Babbling Brooks show even though every week you say it alright I need to make a special note for myself so I don't say in the books here right I have a note that I, you can write on the back of that says call him Joe Oh, nobody's calling Oh, no, me. wait. There's something else on the other side of that to call you something else. I, I, you know, I recycled that. No. This is the clean show, so be careful. Yep. Uh, so this episode of Stargirl is Pat beginning the training of Courtney and her ragtag group of ragamuffin JSA people and how the JSA is such a special thing in their lives and has given them purpose. Not a special purpose like Navin Johnson, but <laughs> nonetheless. But they they attempt to do a it's poetry so it rhymes sort of thing uh, with Courtney and Pat and Cindy and her dad 
the um, Cobra. He's Cobra, I guess. Yes, he's he's Cobra. Co- if Cobra Law, I'm pretty sure. No, he's not Globulus or Nemesis Enforcer, neither. But yes, he is Cobra. Um, and the front that he has put up for Courtney to have a family, and how Courtney has these powers, the ability to apparently like regenerate, as we learned in this episode. Yep. Uh, I like this episode just fine. It was okay, but I don't like Cindy. She's a bad person. Mm-hmm. So when they were trying to give her a little bit of like emotional something, I didn't care. I just wanted to see her lose and fail and be left alone and sad. I- I'm with you. And as I'm watching this episode, it's like Cindy's bad. Cindy's bad. Cindy's bad. And because like the whole thing, she goes with her boyfriend to the the father, you know, who's who's uh, brainwave. And it's like, oh, like it's like, oh, my God, I can't believe the worst thing that's ever happened to me is your father's in a coma. You're like, you're a dirt. You're you're the worst. Right. But there was that moment when she was like, well, I'm not going to the to the prom or whatever. And she like she ended up having that conversation with Courtney. And I'm like, are they trying to give her a face turn here? I, I'm using the jargon now. Are they? I'm like, because it's not going to work. But then she goes home and she gets out of the SUV that someone's driving her. And she just leaves, like just jumps out and leaves the door wide open. Like, hey, you get out of the truck and shut it. And I was like, nope, it's done. Like we get to inside the house and she's the worst. But in that moment, I was like, all right, you tried and you were, th- you were going to try and get me, but that door proved to me in my weird way. And she goes in and she's talking to the stepmother and she's just the, the, the look of terror on the stepmother's face. I was actually like, yeah, Cindy's a bad person. And as you go, it gets worse and worse and worse. So I kind of liked what they were trying, but I liked it. But I liked this episode way more than you because I liked a lot of the, as you say, like the stuff that rhymed where, you know, Courtney was being selfish because she wanted to do everything and take on the, 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 the stranger room where they were going to fight instead of the danger room where it was all like these, these, these cheap copies of like, Oh, and a bucket on his head. She's just look at me fight. And I'm like, that's great. Cause in a moment I'm like, you're using the, the, the cosmic staff to do all this. When you can't use that, you're going to get your butt handed to you and you think you're so good, but it's just the staff and she didn't let any else train. And I kind of like when they turned on her. So there was that whole, like like you said, dichotomy there. But I like the other like one of the things that I really liked was Courtney and her and I forget her her uh, stepbrother's name where he's where he was mad that they're, she she's bonding with Pat. I really like that scene too. And that, like there was a lot of stuff in it that I actually liked, and I liked the fight scene between uh, Cindy and Courtney at the end. And I was I was down with Pat until he he was using uh, Stargirl's shoot name, just yelling it out. And uh, now Cindy pretty much knows. I'm I'm guessing, you know, and. Uh-huh the janitor gets some extra backstory and he has a sword on school grounds, Joe. <laughs> that can't be kosher. He speaks, he speaks very nobly. Like he's an old timey mm-hmm. knight of some kind. That's right. He's always hanging around at night. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Right. But I will say like, I don't want you to get the impression that I hated this episode. Oh, I no. just thought it was a, like it was more of a Courtney Cindy episode. The other three characters didn't really get much more in their development. We didn't get any sort of push for the other JSA members of a Green Lantern or a Jakeem Thunder with Thunderbolt or whatever it was. 
Right. And I get that, like, we got to space these things out. We're only halfway through the season. But I really like the fight scene at the end. Um, right. Even though there was, some C- there was some CGI in there, I think the fact that it was just the two characters fighting, mm-hmm. it was an interesting setup because it was for their prom or their dance. That was the theme of the Grease film, not the country. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it worked out very well, and you couldn't tell. Um, they did a much better job with the special effects. Right, then the baseballs that you didn't like? Yeah, the, when they had multiple people in mo- multiple locations and they were mixing and matching with each other, I think it may have been too much for the Apple IIe to keep up with that they do the special effects on for the show. Mm-hmm. I kid, they're not that bad. That being said, I really liked the fight scene in this episode. I thought it was really well shot and it looked really cool. My thing was the whole Grease-centered prom fight thing is when they ended up hitting the car and it went up in, in flames. I just thought the whole fight turned into a big old Grease fire, Joe. So, no? Yes? But anyway, the thing that I did, like you said, that there's not a lot of other characters got the thing, uh, like a push, because it was the Courtney-Cindy brawl for all. Um, it The little bit with Beth doing the karaoke with uh, Dr. Midnight's... Uh, AI, but then the parents come and they want lunch and it's not made where I'm not sure where that's going to go. That's the only thing that I was like, really kind of, I was like, are the parents not going to be able to function now that Beth isn't taking care of them? And I would like to see their lives kind of fall. Cause they were always like, like trying to push her away, like go get friends, go get friends. And now I have a feeling they're, they've gotten friends and like, they're just going to be like in the house staring at the oven because they don't know what to do. And, and I, we did I, get a little bit of Brainwave Jr. developing his powers. Right, because they need those powers. Uh, they do need, uh, uh, Icicle needs the Brainwave powers to make whatever their uh, their their opportunity is work. So right, that's, the whole American Dream front. That, for, that's what yeah. it was. I couldn't remember what it was called. But, uh, and uh, I did like uh, when also just real quick is when uh, uh, Pat is like going over the villains and he's like, we've got, and here we got to the gambler and don't let his country, uh, Kentucky fried punch fool you or whatever he said. And I was like, God, I love the gambler. I all just, he's so fantastic. I want a gambler spinoff, man. I was going to say the spinoff series is that we have to vote on are either the gambler's adventures on a riverboat mm-hmm. or Beth's parents not knowing how to cook. Oh, can we mash those up? Somehow they go on the riverboat on vacation <laughs> and they meet the gambler. Oh, and just the whole time Kenny Rogers is playing in the background. That would be fine. They did a good There was another episode where a bunch of money was spent on licensed good music. So, yep. I did like when they were doing the, the group shot of them walking down the hall uh, to the song. But then mean Cindy busted it up, Joe. Mean Cindy, bad. But no, Star Girl is good. Um, yeah, like, I, I like guess the, the biggest problem with the this episode was that they introduced a bunch of other characters and they didn't give them as much time as the lead character of the show. Uh, what characters did they introduce? Well, again, they we you know in in the early goings, Beth and Yolanda and oh, whoever. I thought you meant like introduced brand no, new no, characters. Through, okay. through the entire series, they've done a very good job of introducing these characters and making us care about them. And then in this episode, it's like it's a Courtney centric episode where everyone gets like a smattering or nothing. And I'm like, oh, I want like more of everyone, you know. Let me do that old joke. Todd checks notes, and oh, you know what? It's not called Star Girl, Beth, Our Man. And Wildcat is just called Star Girl. Star so Girl. Gonna... Fr- 
Stargirl yes. and Friends. And her amazing friends. Oh, my goodness. All right. So, so I think that's a... We've belabored the point of Stargirl enough. Check it out. It's on the CW. I'm sure it's a lot of fun. I'm, I think you'll enjoy it. There's not much else to watch. Right. And you could get it, you know, if you don't have CW or whatever, or you don't have, like you said, the DC Universe app, you could just go online and watch them for free, probably on the website, because that's, you know, it's a it's a network show. It's not pay cable. Yep. CW does have a streaming thing on their website, but, you know, I don't know. It's it's weird. Or buy yourself one of them antennas so you can get the local channels. That's true. There's a and I know, hey, it's a ways away. But they announced that uh, Boys uh, Season 2 is going to be this September on Amazon Prime. That's right. I saw that. So That's exciting. I enjoyed up. the boys, and uh, that, that'll that be one that uh, you know we'll be discussing here on the show as it happens. Fingers crossed. Sure we will. I'll be watching it by myself if I have to. There you go. And my wife, uh, you know, she can watch it when she gets time. It ain't happening. All right, thanks for listening to episode 509 of Longbox Heroes. For Todd, this is Joe saying thanks for listening, and we'll see you all here next week. Remember, be a faucet, not a drain. You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Network.